we welcome in Keith Hernandez to the show. And Keith, we each have two questions for you on White Gooden and Daryl Strawberry's Jersey retirements to come next season. Some words that we've been hearing over the past couple of days to describe these two players are electric, eye-catching, must-see baseball. So, Keith, what was different about the days when Doc was pitching and how special was it when Straw came up to bat? Well, I mean, those uh, that 80 team was uh, pretty uh, electric. Uh, Daryl was a prolific power hitter, uh, also steal a base. Uh, Doc was, you know, on his way to to being the one of the great pitchers of all time and was so fun to play behind. And I, the fans just gravitated to both of them. They were really uh, stars. Uh, there's no question about it. And uh, they were very prominent uh, on our ball club and our winning ch- that championship and the great years we had in the 80s. And um, I think they're very deserving. I'm very happy for both of them. of the numbers of uh, Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden, well-deserved. And going into 2024, you know, we're going to do more. I think I'm going to do some stuff this offseason about them. You know, obviously, as it gets closer, uh, we had a chance to have, and I don't know if you guys have listened, but during the pandemic, when there was no baseball, Doc came on with me and talked about his career. One of the first few athletes to appear on my old WGBB show back all the way in 2007, Daryl Strawberry came on uh, after uh, leaving a Subway Series game. For about 10 minutes or so and we chatted with him so you know there was um you know a lot of uh a lot of exposure to these guys and, and look um it's going to be easy and it's proper to talk about what if we know what if we know all that they left on the table with the drugs the alcohol the bad behavior you know, things that, you know, if they look back, you know, Daryl wanting to go to Hollywood to be in, in films, which Frank Cashin talked to me about, you know, how Daryl's agent was really pushing him to L.A. back when they were negotiating, you know, to Doc and the decisions that Doc made. And a lot of what is also underreported, which Doc had a capsule issue in his shoulder. When his shoulder went, Doc's career started to decline. And that has as much to do as the drugs and the off the field. I mean, certainly off the field would have consumed them, but the shoulder which nobody talks about. He talked about on his on, on our show and how it impacted his curveball and, and his ability to really execute his pitches at the same level after a shoulder injury and after the 1991 season. You know, capsule injuries are serious, and, and very rarely do pitchers come back and ever pitch the same, and Doc's numbers decline. But, you know, putting that all aside, I think it's proper to retire their numbers. I know there'll be some debate within the, the community about that. I think it's long overdue. We know all the things they did wrong, but I'll tell you the truth. Daryl has gone on to clean up his life, and he's you know doing his thing as a minister. Doc, uh, you know, continues to spend a lot of time around City Field. Uh, you know, it's taken him a little longer to get his life cleaned up. I believe he was telling Joel Sherman and John Heyman he's four years sober, so good for him. It's really good to hear that Doc's in a good place right now, and you know he's trying to contribute to the game and to life in uh, you know the back half here, trying to figure out how he can you know, give back to a game that, you know, gave him so much and that maybe in his prime when he was playing, uh, he shortchanged himself. He certainly shortchanged himself a lot. But you want to just look at this statistically. You know, we were just talking about Pete Alonzo here. But, you know, to this day, um, 
and you want to take Olerud out, who was only with the Mets three years, I mean, Strawberry's still the gold standard in run creation uh, for, uh, you know, Mets offensive players. And he's behind David Wright, who, you know, took the mantle from him as the best offensive player when you talk about wins above replacement and all that stuff. But he's right up there. Uh, you know, there's, you know, nobody in uh, in Mets history, maybe other than Mike Piazza, that had the power that, you know, he displayed. You know, Alonzo, of course, now, and maybe Cespedes, but, you know, over the long haul. And look, Daryl, just like A-Rod, just like certain other polarizing New York athletes, he was a lightning rod. He was what, w- when WFAN came into existence, you know, Strawberry was a topic that would be the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, he was, from a talent and from a personality, the best player in baseball. And then you look at Doc, and, you know, to this day, other than Tom Seaver, look, Harvey tried to come at Doc's numbers, and DeGrom probably would have, if he had stuck around and stayed healthy in this last contract he just signed with, with Texas, may have overtaken him. But even when you've seen guys like DeGrom and Harvey and even Syndergaard for a little bit put up stretches that, you know, there'll always be numbers that come out that, put him in that pantheon with Gooden. Other than Seaver, Doc has been the gold standard, the next gold standard, the next tier of great Mets pitchers. So yeah, he deserves it. He's not Seaver. And I don't even if he had stayed healthy and pitched a while, I don't think he ever would have been Seaver. Seaver was special on another level. But, you know, we could talk about the Grom, we could talk about Kuzman who had you know, his number retired and, you know, the uh, Syndergaards and the Harveys for a hot minute. But Doc is, outside of Tom Seaver, the gold standard of pitching in the Mets organization. And then if you look at them in terms of their time, let's just go to the era when they played together, 83 to, uh, to 1990. You know, Strawberry's, you know, just around the top 10 in offensive players, you know, top five or six in home runs, you know, most home runs actually, should I say, during that period, you know, in terms of, of war and OPS plus, you know, right there in the top 10, you know, for pitchers. You know, war, Doc Gooden's number four. Clemens, Saberhagen, Viola ahead of him during that period. Uh, so Roger Clemens, Hall of Famer, by the way, should be Hall of Famer, not a Hall of Famer, but should be a Hall of Famer, uh, you know, is really the only one in that era. You know, Saberhagen had some good runs, and obviously Viola had some really good runs, but, you know, Doc was probably right there as the best pitcher of that era. When you look at stuff, Doc was the best pitcher, you know, maybe one in 1A with Clemens from that period of 83 to 90. So when you look at that, you put it in context of where they were in the league. You put it in context of what they meant to the Mets, where their statistical standings are with the Mets, what they meant in terms of that 80s dominant team, what they were in terms of um, the kind of figure they were around the organization and in New York sports during that time. They absolutely deserve to be... uh, you know, they already inducted him to the Mets Hall of Fame, but to have their numbers retired. So it's come full circle. You know, Keith number retired, Doc and Daryl. I know there's some debate about Carter, what's going to happen with Carter. I'm sure David Wright, as he gets further away from the playing field, his number will be retired. I also think it's important for the Mets to spread these out because you don't want to just start doing these days and these honors and cheapen them. And I think that that's something that I've heard that they have taken into consideration. So Doc and Daryl, congratulations, a week late. Uh, I'm looking forward to having more conversation about their careers, learning a little bit more. If there's things to be learned about them, we'll probably replay that doc interview at some point during the winter when it's a cold winter day and, you know, there's nothing else going on and the hot stove is cold and 
We just want to remember some good Mets memories when uh, we're Jones for baseball when there's none really on the uh, horizon in the middle of the offseason. So there's that. Uh, you know, again, I hope everybody has a great Labor Day, you know, the unofficial end of summer. Um, we're going to continue throughout the month of September. You know, we laid out, uh, as I said, a couple of weeks back after the deadline. And then again today, some of the things we're looking at, the kids, you know, are there component players on the roster that we can look at and maybe September could give us a, you know, hope that they can round out the 2024 roster and provide value, especially as the Mets are trying to be a little bit more value-driven this offseason potentially and potentially may need as many dollars as possible to invest in a big free agent. If an Otani is on the roster, you're going to need cost-controlled, productive players up and down the roster. Can some of these 4A guys that the Mets have pulled off the scrap heap do that? We talked about DJ Stewart, maybe some bullpen arms. So we'll see. We'll continue to watch that. And then I think, you know, Mauricio is going to be an interesting topic because even more so than Alvarez, I feel, Mauricio has this... uh, fan attention maybe it's because he's tall and lanky and he hits the ball hard and and maybe because fans just have been pining for him so much that he's become somewhat of a folk hero to uh, i don't know if it's a majority of fans but it's you know certainly the younger fans that frequent social media so you know is he overrated Uh, you know we'll see you know a pretty good first 10 at bats hits the ball hard shows no fear i look at him the first impressions is he's an energy player the energy's good around him He's going to be good. I think he's a guy that's going to go into prolonged slumps because of his lack of discipline. I think that's obvious. You know, Keith Law loosely contributed him. Uh, excuse me, Keith Law loosely uh, compared him. Contributed, jeez, compared him to um, Alfonso Soriano. You know, you l- let me tell you this, and, and I'll I'll leave you with this thought. Soriano, if you could get, if you can get uh, Alfonso Soriano, if you could get, I'm not talking vintage fifty home runs Soriano. If you could get the Soriano that, uh, you know, potentially hit 20 home runs, hit about 280, um, you know, 850 OPS plus, and he plays a couple of positions, geez. I mean, Soriano hit over 400 home runs in his career. I don't know if Mauricio's that kind of guy because Soriano had 40 home run power. Um, Mauricio could go hit about 275, 280 with 20 home runs. And, uh, you know, right now we'll see if he can hit both sides of the plate as a switch hitter. You know, to me, that's a very valuable piece. He plays second, makes you wonder where McNeil is going to go and, uh, and and whether McNeil's future is in a corner, and I think he plays a really good corner. I think McNeil plays a really good right field, and I wouldn't have any problems with him being in the outfield. Um, you know, gives you some options as you try to round up the roster, and I think they're going to have to spend a lot on pitching this offseason. So they're going to need every dollar to invest in pitching if they're going to be competitive. So the more cost-controlled, uh, useful offensive players. Not not everybody has to be an all-star, but to be very good offensive players, um, you know, that to me is important if the Mets are going to compete in 2024. So anyway, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this Labor Day edition of the Talking Mets podcast. You can check me out all the time at thetalkingmetspodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. And you the show on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silvat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com, no G. Mike Silvat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com. And you can get me on Instagram, TalkingMetsNoG. G. Of course, I want to thank the good folks from the fan side of podcasting for this show. I'm your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. We'll be back with another Talking Mets podcast next week. Till then, take care of me.